Hi everybody, welcome to another installment of my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Allison Vignola, an accessibility content specialist. She talks to me about the journey to accessibility content, the work that she does as an accessibility content creator, and how she helps people with disabilities find ways to make texts or other devices more accessible and easy to read. I think it's a fun and interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got involved in the disability community. You know, first off, start by introducing yourself. Okay, uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I am Allison Vignola. Uh, I live in uh, Northeast Maine. Uh, it's actually called Down East, but we're about as North as you can get close to Canada. I'm a mom of three um, and my husband and I have two adult children, uh, 20 and 23, and our youngest uh, is 14. I have been involved in the disability field for about 24 years, starting as a special education teacher back in 1999. Um, and since then I've worn lots of hats advocating for disability awareness. Um, and accessible opportunities, not only as a teacher, but as a parent and an educational surrogate parent, um, and as a statewide alternate assessment coach, and then later on as a school district administrator. Uh, and now I am the accessibility content lead at ACT, which uh, you might be familiar with. It's the nonprofit organization that administers the college readiness exam. And this has really been the perfect fit for me because the organization's mission is really so linked to my greatest passion and motivation to help people realize and achieve their potential. ACT is really committed to helping all students achieve education and workplace success. So um, it's been a real honor to have joined the team there um, and including more than 7 million students in the US who have disabilities has been uh, quite an achievement there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what got you into like the accessibility realm? Like what kind of sparked that um, that fire, if you will? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I can't really say that accessibility is really kind of its own realm for me. It's not necessarily a separate part of my life. It's really just become how I think now, um, really baked into me at this point in all access, um, all aspects of my life. Um, I do strive to make the world an accessible, inclusive place. Um, and that is absolutely the focus of my work and my role at ACT. And it has a lot to do with me being a parent of a child with disabilities as well and wanting the world to be as accessible as possible for, for her. But I wouldn't say that accessibility is really a job for me so much as a mindset that I'm really trying to carry into everything I do. Um, sometimes that involves offering insights about existing barriers that I notice and offering ideas for more accessible solutions, but most often it's um, really tuning into what people with disabilities are saying about what they're experiencing in the world and really listening and taking advantage of opportunities to include their perspectives and ideas. Uh, the greatest thing I've really learned from working with people with disabilities is that when we're designing anything we're doing with accessibility in mind, 
um, when we design to the edges, everyone is benefiting from our efforts. So um, just thinking about all the amazing technology we have, all the things that we use day to day, um, e almost every tool we use in our daily lives first came about as an innovative solution to a problem. And the truth is that many of those things came about um, or were invented by or for people with disabilities to overcome a barrier. You know, whether it's text-to-speech, caption video, GPS systems, I mean, the internet itself, the fact that we're doing this um, online uh, all came about because of people with disabilities or for people with disabilities. So mm -hmm. that really sparks my interest to kind of see uh, the benefit that how uh, working to, to include everyone really serves everyone. Mm -hmm. You also focus on expanding growth opportunities for populations with learning uh, disabilities, learn with different types of needs, you know, like, what does that entail? Oh, yeah, so opportunity is the key there. I mean, the bottom line to achieve success, you need opportunity, and that requires access. So one of my favorite researcher authors, Malcolm Gladwell, wrote a, a book, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, called The Outliers. Um, and it's based on his hypothesis that the successful people are those who have been given the opportunities to be successful. Um, and it's in his book, he really uses research uh, to directly link these people who the world might collectively view as successful, you know, whether they're wealthy or famous or powerful to the source of their success in terms of the number and quality of opportunities they had to access uh, before achieving that, that said success. So in every single instance though, it was really the number and quality of opportunities that led to their success, not some random event, not some talent. Um, and we live in a world primarily designed by and for people who can see, hear, walk and talk with little or no difficulty. So. It, we also live in a world where more than 1 billion people have some form of disability. So including the experiences and perspectives of people with disabilities in the work we do will give us an important insight into the problem barriers that, um, that spark the innovation that solution-driven experiences will, will bring to the table, allowing more people to have opportunities uh, to participate and demonstrate success. So the biggest mistake is really not including with people with disabilities in the planning conversations, not getting their input in our initial designs and our plans. Uh, I was recently reminded of a quote from one of my favorite disability rights advocates, Norman Kuntz. And uh, he said, the idea that ability leads to um, opportunity needs to be reversed, give people opportunities and it will lead to ability. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that because with disability affecting more than one quarter of adults in the United States, people with disabilities are the largest minority group in the world. And we have an incredible opportunity to reframe how we're including them in it. And like I said, it's just in everyone's best interest to make sure people with disabilities are contributing to the conversations that are happening at every level. Um, in every system, whether it's government, education, arts and entertainment, medicine, technology, communication, just really everywhere. We, we put opportunities in front of people, uh, then we allow for them to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So like my next question here is like, you also focus on like shifting the paradigm to like a strength-based learning approach um, to create a better educational better educational outcomes for students with disabilities. So like, how, do, how does, how does shifting to that, um, to a strength-based learning approach, um, how does it better 
um, create better educational outcomes. I'm kind of rambling a bit, but. Uh. No, 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 that's great. I understood your question. Um, so when we're, I think when we're focusing on people's strengths, uh, when we use strengths as the basis of the plans that uh, we're using and listen to their insights and feedback about what works best for them, we really open up so many doors and opportunities that can't exist when you view disability from a deficit model lens, when you view disability as a problem to be fixed. People with disabilities have a unique perspective on life and it's their insights and feedback that help us create those accessible opportunities. It's, um, it's their insights and feedback that um, help us to grow and innovate. Uh, and, and so those opportunities um, are, are just invaluable to us. You know that um, necessity is the mother in, of invention, that, uh, that cliche term. Some of the world's greatest inventions are um, inventors, are people who have disabilities. Um, solving everyday problems that most of us never think about and often those solutions are used and enjoyed by people all over so asking about how those unique gifts and challenges and perspectives can make our world a richer place to be um, how their insights can inform a better design and plan is the way to go if we're going to benefit from if we're all going to benefit from um from their learning mm -hmm. yeah that's cool so like in terms of like accessibility, who are like the main key players that you are like involved with? In other words, who are the stakeholders that you're mostly connected with in the realm of accessibility? Yeah, I, that's a that's a really important question because so often at all those different systems and levels of government or education, all the all the different uh, stakeholders that I mentioned before, you know, education, arts, entertainment, medicine, technology, um, we have to make sure that we have stakeholders uh, making decisions at each of those that um, that are the right people. And so to me, first and foremost, it's people with disabilities and their primary caregivers uh, who are mm -hmm. helping to inform those decision those decisions. Um, nothing for us without us, right? is that is a great mantra that um, I have become very familiar with and really uh, appreciate. Um, you know, not having a disability myself, but being a parent of somebody uh, with a disability, I really value um, when people are calling upon um, the folks who are actually having the lived experience to to inform what we're doing. Um, and, um, you know, from their educators, lawmakers, tech developers, entertainers, social media influencers, these are really going to be the people who are going to be most poised to shift that paradigm to help shift the conversation and tip the scales. Mm -hmm. Lastly, how do you create an inclusive and welcoming environment for people with disabilities, like from an accessibility perspective? Yeah, it's actually super simple. In my perspective, it's five simple steps. Just ask, listen, try, improve, and then repeat the whole process again. You're asking the questions. We're really listening for the answers. Um, we're trying it out and seeing how it works and then making improvements as we as we need to and then repeating that process. Um, inviting, um, making sure we're inviting people with disabilities um, first by making the space we're welcoming them to accessible, whether that's a venue, a website, an event, or a podcast, or, or a physical space, um, talking to them, asking them, um, ask, ask what accessible means for them. 
um, what works best for them. I try something out, listen to their feedback about what could be better and then do that <laughs> and try that and, and go back and ask more, did that work? Is there something I could do even better? Um, just over and over again, that, that partnership of continuous improvement um, should be something that we all are striving for. Mm -hmm. Those are some important points there. All right, everybody, that does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talked with Allison and Vignola, an accessibility content, accessibility uh, content specialist. Uh, she and I got into a great discussion about the work that she does and how she helps people with disabilities find ways to really have content uh, that is easily accessible to them. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you got something out of it. Anyway, feel free to tune in to other podcast episodes as they become available. But until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everyone.